Shalom, and welcome to From Sunday to Sabbath, a weekly podcast helping others discover the life they were created to live. I'm your host, Pastor Mike Scan, Senior Pastor of Epic Life Church in Terrell, Texas. We were once a Sunday church, now we gather on the Shabbat, the Sabbath. Join us on this journey and discover the truth of God's Word for living today. Well, welcome back, everyone. This is Mike Scan. We're going right into part two of our Sabbath service uh, on Peter titled Foreigners and Ambassadors. We hope you enjoyed part one. If you haven't, go ahead and go back and watch that before you uh, li- or listen to that one before you listen to this one. And so uh, this is the conclusion. And so without any further ado, we're going to dive right in. And so here's part two and the conclusion of our message from our Sabbath service from Peter, Foreigners and Ambassadors. We hope you enjoy it. I'm going to choose life, not because it's good for me, not because it's comfortable, not because I like it, but because it's commanded to. It's different, guys. You hear my heart this morning, right? All right, put your shoes back down. It's okay. Take a deep breath. I still love you. But these are things that, from a pastor's perspective, I'm looking out and going, wait a minute. Do you understand the sacrifice that was made to become a Torah community right now? Do you know what people, Dustin, Robin, me, Scott, these people have come in and the sacrifices that have been made to become a Torah community focused on loving Jesus. The things that were said about our community and about our church. The things that were said about my family. About me. Some of y'all don't know, man. They called me Hitler on Facebook. Because I wouldn't go to the whole community and tell the whole community what we're doing. We're just following God. We just love God. And the Bible says, man, and Matthew says, man, that those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, they shall be filled. And I believe it. And I live my life for that. And I'm not perfect by no means. I got people that send me emails that talk about my past. As if, as if they're the, the, the past police or something. And I've got to live with this. Christian and Torah observers alike. And we're kind of broken right now. This is an amazing community. And what I see going on in Oneg is absolutely mind-blowing. But we can't just do it by ourselves. Every one of you here are called to be ambassadors. And if this is your community, then get plugged into this community. Give to this community. Serve this community. Love the people that are in this community. And you might look across the, the roads right now and say, Well, I don't know him and I don't know her. And I don't, well, this is our community, people. We've been gathering together for years. Great. Now bring these other people in with you. Get to meet them, get to know them. Love them. Because some of them, let me tell you this, ambassador, you have the answers that they're looking for. There are people in our community, they don't understand this whole switcheroo thing that we went from Christian to now Torah. Are we Jewish? Are we Hebrew? What are we? I don't know what we are. But listen, you that have been doing it for years, you know the problems and the struggles that they're faced with because you've been doing it. They need that. We need that in this community to make this community strong. Pastor Mike, yeah, this hurts. Because we are pilgrims, all of us. And the stronger you grow before the Father, the more you're going to want to leave these worldly things behind and this this way of living that we think that we're supposed to live, this non-denomination living or this Torah, like total in the tradition type living. 
And we start unpacking what the Bible really says and we begin to live that way. It's beautiful. It's amazing. We're sojourners. We're here temporarily. And every person that's here today, you're here by choice. And to that, I tip my hat to you. Because you're here. And I know for some of you and your families, it is a struggle to show up on a Sabbath holiday. Because they're one, or Sabbath holiday, it is a feast day. A Sabbath day. Because your family doesn't understand it. Your family doesn't know. Your family don't get it. And they're, they're, they're right behind you just nailing you every time. Oh, you think you do it. You think you did. You think you that. No, I just love Jesus. And I want to live like he lived. That's all you have to tell your people. Do you understand that? You don't have to make excuses for your faith. You'll never face death, but you may be ostracized a little bit. You may be left alone and you may not have someone call you all the time and and the people that you used to hang out with may not want to hang out with you anymore because what happens is when you begin to draw toward the Father as an ambassador and you make the decision that this is not my home. I don't live here. I'm a temporary dweller. This word that we get for... uh, that he uses as foreigners or, or pilgrims is the word papademios. Uh, I think I have that up there. I'm going to go ahead and just show you. How about that? I'm going to shut up real quick, guys. I know I went off. I kind of went off on a little tangent. I, guys, you have to understand that our elders love you so much. And God is doing something really, really cool here. Look at this. Papademios, an alien alongside, i.e. a resident foreigner, pilgrim, stranger. This is who we are. So we're ambassadors with this message, right? But we're also foreigners, strangers to this world. If you're more comfortable in the world right now, listen to my heart this morning, than you are amongst believers, we need to refocus. If you're not looking forward to the day that Messiah comes, we need to refocus. If you're not waking up in the morning going, God, what do you want me to do today? Put one person in my life. Put one person in my path. Give me one. Just give me one, Father. We've got to talk. Because this world isn't our home. The only thing you can take with you, the only thing you're going to be able to take with you is a list of names. People. And let me tell you something. God doesn't care how popular you are on Facebook. Or Instagram or TikTok or whatever the name is. that we're, He doesn't care. He wants to know who has your heart. Who has your heart? Peter's letter written to a group of believers who were scattered among the Gentiles. Some believers that were written to the Jewish believers. Some to the Gentiles, others to both. Regardless of where you stand in this debate, one thing is for sure that they were under great persecution. And Peter writes to them on how they should live. Much like us, minus the persecution. Sorry. They're online, they're going, I can't see nothing. This world is not our home. We should live as pilgrims in this world. And the letter of the apostolic fathers, man, this is an interesting... I don't totally agree with everything they say, but man, they give us a really good glimpse of what life was like in that time to a Christian. I want you to see this. This is what was going on in the second century. They happen to be in the flesh, but do not live according to the flesh. They spend time upon the earth, but have their citizenship in heaven. They obey the appointed laws, and in their own lives, they surpass the law. They love all people, and by all people are persecuted. They're unknown, they are condemned. They are put to death, and they are made alive. They are poor, and make many rich. They lack everything. 
and they have abundance in everything. That's probably not a very good thing to put on a, a recruiting poster, right? Like, this is what, this is what it's going to mean to be a Christian today, all right? But notice the difference between first and second century. Jesus said it this way when he, when he and it's just, it's just awesome, because Jesus said, when I return, will I find people of faith? See, back in the first and second century, man, it, they were on fire. And, and it was almost like the, the greater the persecution got, right, the greater their faith became. But my question is, what would it look like? What will it look like on the day Messiah returns here? Will he find people of faith who are willing to sell out from everything else and just look to him and be what they were called to be, living the life that they were called to live? Hebrews you know you got to bring Hebrews into this. Hebrews 11, right? They were stoned. They were sawed in two. They were murdered with the sword. They went around in sheepskin and goatskin. They were destitute. They were afflicted. They were mistreated. The world was not worthy of them. They wandered around in deserts and in mountains, caves and holes in the ground. We get upset because we got to buy a 300 square foot home, you know, like, hey, tiny house. And all these, though commended for their faith, watch, did not receive what was promised. Wow. The things that they faced. Most of the time, we know, and I told, we, uh, we were having a talk, I think it was, uh, we were having this conversation. Ronnie and I were having a great conversation last week, or this week. Uh, he came up and helped me hang these TVs. Praise God. Thank you, Ronnie. Amen. Have y'all seen my dinosaur hands, right? They don't, they don't reach up to there, so I appreciate that, y'all getting that done. But this is what we said. Sometimes, even as Christians, right, that tour observers, sometimes what we tend to do is we begin to bad talk kind of how we, you know, the Christian stuff, right? Like, like the Baptist, this guy, or the Pentecost, or whatever. But here's the thing that, that the Lord really struck with me, is that that teaching got me where I am today. You follow me? So it's not all bad, okay? So it's okay. If you grew up Methodist, you're okay. You're here, right? So if you grew up Baptist, you're okay. You, you got there. God used that to get you here. Right? And, and I say that to remind us also for us toward people that really are in. We're like committed to this. We understand. We've learned. is not to look at the Baptist brother that comes in that's going, I don't understand. Oh, you just weak in faith, brother. You just, you, just need to, you just need to pray harder. And not to look at our brother or our sister who's struggling in that faith, right? Now, they're not out there living like the devil. They're just trying to figure out this Torah thing like, why Sabbath? Why do I have to come to? But I've been going to church on Sunday all my life. Be patient with them and walk them through and say, well, let me show you what the Bible says. Let me show you why. You know why? I'm going to give you a number one reason why we do Sabbath. Because the Bible says that, that, that those who practice the Sabbath represent God. Right? They're, they're, that's a testimony like, you belong to me. That's why we love Sabbath. And that's why we practice Sabbath. There's many, 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 many more reasons we can do that. Right? It's so powerful. But show grace. Show grace. Don't forget that. We have yet to see someone while giving their life to Messiah in this world... Gain. Even Paul said, you know, there's, there's not a lot of gain in becoming a Christian. I'm just going to be honest with you. There's not a lot of gain going all in to Torah. Not in this world. But this is not our home. And I, and I want to tell you this because I want you to hear my heart. It is okay that not everybody likes you. 
It is okay that you don't attract everybody. It is okay that there is misunderstanding in your community. There's misunderstanding in your family, amongst your friends, because they don't know what this means. But you do. And you are to live your life as an ambassador. Watch this. To an audience of one. You do not live this life as an ambassador for John, for Mike, for Terry, right? For Dustin, for Ronnie, for Nick. We don't do it for nobody but the one that matters, and that is Messiah. Live your life for Him. You know how hard that would be? It isn't. It's just like, God, do you approve of this? Do you want me to do this or not? It's okay. He'll lead you. Look at what Paul said. Favorite scripture. But whatever things were gained to me, there, these I have considered a loss for the sake of Messiah. More than that. More than that? More than what? I consider all things to be lost in comparison to the surpassing value of the knowledge of Messiah Yeshua, my Lord. Because of Him, I have suffered the loss of all things, and I consider them, watch this, garbage. In order that I might gain Messiah. Let me ask you a question. What are you willing to give up to gain Messiah? What's Messiah worth to you? I, I said this before. If Jesus, the only thing that Yeshua gives to you, watch this, only thing was salvation, eternal life. What is that worth to you? What is that worth to you? Would you quit your schedule and start on his schedule? Would you give up some dietary meat for the flesh? The flesh likes it, right? Would you be willing to give that up for Messiah and the salvation that he has given to you? What is it worth? Everything. Paul had it going on, man. I mean, he was the man of men. He'll tell you, Pharisee of Pharisees. He had it going on. He was going to be that guy until he encountered Messiah on the road to Damascus and his schedule was changed. See, when you come face to face with Jesus, your schedule, your life, what you thought was it supposed to be instantly will change. The things that you used to love, you won't love no more. The things that you... And take this from a 53-year-old man. I know there's others that are a little bit older than me in here, slightly. But they'll tell you the same thing. The older you get, the more you realize the, the investment that we lost because we invested in the wrong things. Things that have no value. I was talking to a couple recently, and I'm counseling with them. And I asked them, they've been having some rough times, and I'm teaching them about arguments. And I said, tell me an argument you had seven years ago. And they just looked at me like, I can't remember. I'm like, I know, right? 90% of what we argue about in this world and with our spouse and with each other won't matter in three to five to seven years. Nothing. But it's because of selfishness. It's pride. It's other stuff that's in us, right? Some of this stuff doesn't even matter. The things that we invest in, what are you investing in? This letter that we've been reading is this letter... Um, from the forefathers is, this is powerful. There, there's this writing that's called the, I'm probably going to butcher the name and so you can correct me after service, please. Diognetus, uh, this letter that was addressed to someone that we're uncertain who this letter was written to or from. But it's in the writings of our, our, our fathers. Um, says something pretty powerful that I want to read it to you. So I wrote it down just to give it to you. I'm going to get closer to wrap it up. It says, but to put it simply, what the soul is in the body, this is what the Christians are in the world. The soul is dispersed throughout all of the limbs of the body and Christians throughout the cities of the world. The soul dwells in the body, but is not of the body. And Christians dwell in the world, but are not in the world. 
The invisible soul is guarded in the visible body. And Christians are known as being in the world, but the religion remains invisible. The flesh hates the soul and, the, and fights against it, having been wronged in no way because it is forbidden to indulge in its pleasures. The world also hates Christians, having been wronged in no way because they are opposed to its pleasure. The soul loves the flesh that hates it and its members, and Christians love those who hate them. He's using the body as, as a comparison of how we are living in this world. That our soul hates the flesh because the flesh wants to do all the wrong things. Just as Christians are living in the world and trying to do the right thing but are hated by the world. This is, this is the life that we're going to live as Christians. And I'm not trying to do this. I had somebody say, you, you don't talk with much love. This is absolute love. You're, you're kind of, you've been kind of coarse late. You've been a lot about this stuff because you don't understand my heart. And for those of you who may be in the room today and you think, man, that I don't love you, let me ask you a question. If your house is on fire, do you want me to text you? Hey, bro, love you, dude. House on fire. Or do you want me to bounce in the, break in the door and scream and holler, get out! You're burning to death. Which one's real love? Guys, I want to tell you with all my heart, I love every each and one of you, man. I've gotten to know some of you. I mean, it's just absolutely so blessed to have you in my life. And I'm yelling at you. I'm trying to convey a message to you. I want us to see this. That what will they say about us in the future if the Lord tarries? What will be known for the people of our faith today? that trusted in Messiah over the cares of this world, will we be known to have a love for the world that was greater than our love for Yahweh? Or will they write about how great our faith was during times of compromise when everybody else was quitting, everybody else was walking away from the faith? Will they look at you and go, but not this person? They stood the test. They stood their ground. And no matter all the identities changed, they did not change theirs. What will they say about us? Psalms 119. Open my eyes so I may behold your wonders from your Torah. I am a temporary dweller on earth. Do not hide your commandments from me. Why? The author knows, man, it's temporary. And man, while I'm here during this temporary time, I want to please Adonai. I want to please Yahweh. And so don't hide your commandments from me, Father. Don't hide them. Let me know what they are because I know by doing these things, it demonstrates my love for Him in the short time that I am here. Powerful Scripture, Psalms 119. Is. Man, that, that, you could write that on your heart today. Wow. This place is not our home. It's temporary. It's not, uh, not, is, is there not a longing in those who call themselves followers of Messiah for something better, something greater? I'm afraid that we lose the greater for this temporary dwelling, that we're willing to compromise it. And God says, no, don't do this. This may be the lie of the enemy, the deception of making it think that we're losing something greater than we're actually gaining. When we know as followers of Mashiach, we gain something greater for the sake of this loss. It is all garbage, as Paul said. This is why I have a problem with so many self-help teachings that are out there today. They want to make us better for this world. That doesn't make sense to me. 
I don't want to be better for this world. I want to be better for the world to come. For the kingdom that is coming. I want to be better for my king. Messiah. And if that means I've got to deal with some junk down here. And deal with some stuff in here. And get it out of my life. So that when he looks at me. He will say well done. Thou good and faithful servant. Enter into the joy of my salvation. That's what's at stake for us today. It's not to please Mike or to build a big church. It's to please the one who died on the cross. This is what it's about. For our citizenship is in heaven. And from there we eagerly wait for the Savior, the Lord Yeshua, the Messiah. He will transform this humble body of ours into the likeness of His glorious body through the power that enables Him even to put all things in subjection to Himself. I am thankful, man, because when Jesus comes back, I'm going to be six foot four, praise God. And some of you that have been looking down at me, you're going to look me in the eye. I'm getting a new body, better shape, hopefully. But it's going to be a body that's just like Jesus. Just like Messiah, what kind of body? He just appeared into a room. What's at stake? Everything's at stake. Don't miss out for, for settling for crumbs when the king has promised us something greater. This is not our home. As those who are wanderers in this world waiting for the return of our king, it is so difficult sometimes. Yeshua said when he returned, would there even be faith? Or would people give up and return to their former self? We don't want to feel ostracized from everyone, made to feel as an outcast, but we are because they did it to Messiah. And he said, if they did it to me, they'll do it to you. I'm almost done. Be patient. John 15, 19, if you were of the world, the world would love you as its own. Is that not the truth? Some of you need to grab a hold of this passage. Because you're still trying to be friends with the world because you think the world loves you. No, the world doesn't love you because of that. The world loves you because you're part of them. But because you're not of the world, why? Because I chose you out of the world. Therefore, the world will hate you. Listen, man, you, I just talked to this in, in my podcast. I was talking about this. That You know, you can go to public schools today and you can say all you want about Christmas. Just don't talk about Jesus. Right? Like, like we were looking at one of the kids' homework here last year, and it was, uh, I think it was Easter, was it Easter or something? And, and there were little rabbits, and they were drawing all that. But don't you dare talk about the resurrection in public school. Why? Because they hate it. They hate it. There's only two sides, church. Those who are followers of Messiah and those who are not. And those who are not are still in deception. Why? Because this world is deceiving, and the enemy is deceiving them. To think that they can do this thing on their own. Revelations 12, 9. Most of y'all know this, right? And the great dragon was thrown down. The ancient serpent called the devil and Satan who deceived the whole world. He was thrown down to the earth and his angels thrown down with him. He is the chief among deceivers. And his goal, man, is to just bring as many people. You know, the greatest thing, man, that he thinks he can do is to get you to turn away from the Father. Powerful. I have no idea. How much do I got left? Okay, cool. All right. I'm going to fast forward here. I'm going to go to one scripture here, and then I'm going to do something, and we're going to get out of here. I am way over. Praise the Lord. All right. 
I'm going to skip a little bit on Peter now. We're going to come back to this passage, but I wanted to read this to you. If you call on him as father, the one who judges impartially according to each one's deeds, then live out the time of your sojourning, that's what we've been talking about, in reverent fear. Now watch this. You know that you are redeemed from the futile world of, of, of life handed down from your ancestors, not with perishable things such as silver or gold, but with the precious blood like that of a lamb without defect or spot, the blood of Messiah. What's my point? My point is, is that while you're living here, you live as strangers in this world. Now, um, Cameron, just stay there. I'll be right back. This is a little bit odd. I'm glad I got a new mic because, Mike, I'm weak. I can do this. I haven't done this in quite a while, but I thought this would be a great time to bring this up. And so somebody help make sure that. Thank you very much. Appreciate you. So, no, I'm not going to have a tug of war contest. <laughs> but I want to show you something. This, this is the problem with a lot of Christians. And some of you all may have seen this before, but I've done this several times in our church. And usually when I do it, man, it really wakes people up, and that's why I love doing it. See, this rope represents eternity. It represents your never-ending life, either in life or in death. And it goes on and on and on. It's just, it's like, I don't know how long it is. I'm not going to pull the whole thing up, but it's, obviously it's long. But the problem with this, man, is most of us, or not most of us, a lot of us sometimes in this world, is we focus on this much of it. And this represents your life right now. This is when you were born. This is when you went to school or college or got a great career. It may be even your marriage and you're seeking after that, that perfect bow or that perfect bay. Bay, bow, is that right? I don't know. Y'all tell me that, whatever that is. You're looking for that perfect spouse. How about that, all right? And, uh, man, you, you, you're praying for the perfect job, and you get the perfect job. You're, you're praying for the perfect friendship. You want to act just like everybody else. You want to have the perfect house on a hill, you know, with, with sheep in the back maybe or, or whatever. You know, you got your thing. This is what you're investing in. Everything about your life right now revolves in this area. It's what you spend most of your time thinking about, dreaming about, paying about, working about, everything. It's right here. What is that? Two inches maybe, Terry? What do you think? Two and a half inches? Two and a half inches of eternity. This is what matters. The only thing that matters in this, in this realm right here, the only thing, hear me church, is what impacts the rest of that. Nothing else matters. And we're investing in the wrong things. We're, we're, we're doing the wrong things. And we can't understand why God's not pleased. Because you're so concerned with this right here. And you don't even think about all of this down here. And that one day, every single one of you, without your mama, without your daddy, without your preacher, without your favorite Torah, whoever, is going to stand before the King of Kings and you will give an account, not just for what you did here, but what it impacts here. Every one of us. This should grieve our heart. This should take us to a place that when the worship team comes out and says, we're going to worship, our faces should be planted on the carpet, begging God. Have mercy on me. Bestow your grace on me. Pour your grace out on my neighbors, on my friends, on my family. Pour your grace on them, Lord, because if they don't, if they don't come to Jesus, they're going to hell for eternity separated from our Heavenly Father. Do you think this matters? It matters. It matters. What you do right now matters in eternity. 
What you say out of your mouth matters for eternity. What you allow your children to believe matters for eternity. Church, I want you to wake up. Peter is fixing to go into some amazing teaching on how we are to live in this world. But we've got to get a couple things straight in our own life. And that is asking the question, God, what am I doing in my life that doesn't matter? What am I doing that's bringing shame to your name or, or that's causing me to lead away from fulfilling the call that I am called to live as an ambassador and as a pilgrim on this earth? The beautiful thing is, is every one of you are here and you know the gospel because you're here. You're here. That's amazing. It's beautiful. But there's some issues in our life we should constantly be doing the checkup. And ask what's in my heart. Am I investing something that doesn't matter, that I think matters, but it doesn't for eternity? You have to answer that question. I want everybody to stand their feet. This wraps up our message today from our Sabbath service titled Peter, Foreigners and Ambassadors. We hope you enjoyed it and was challenged to live out the life for Yeshua, our King. If you have any questions or comments, send us an email at pastormike at epiclifetarot.com. That's Pastor Mike at EpicLifeTarot.com. Don't forget to share this so that others can discover the life that they were created to live. We'll see you next time on Sunday to Sabbath.